What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one armed madman. And with me tonight, I forgot to ask how to pronounce your dang name. It's M- uh, Monjo. Manuj. Manuj. Oh, man. Uh, what a jerk. <laughs> no, how are we doing, Manuj? Uh, great. I'm excited to be here. Great. Good, uh, good energy, I feel, right away. Right on. Good, good. So, let's get into this. Uh, going from $2 a day to where you're at now, that must have been a heck of a journey. So, let's, let's hear it. Well, so, um, I grew up in India, a small town in India. 30 years ago, it was uh, quite, I mean, very much a developing country. It still is in many ways, but back then in a small town um, in a developing country, you can imagine not a lot of opportunities for jobs or higher education. So I started working uh, in this factory for uh, at 15, and I used to work uh, six days a week and 12 hours a day. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, as we were discussing before the interview started, uh, not very... Uh, safe conditions, uh, like a lot of um, smoke. Uh, there used to be like furnaces which melted steel, and the temperature in India is uh, is around like 125 yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. So it, it's tough life, right? So um, going through that experience, <clears throat> I desperately wanted to change my life and wanted to do something else. But at that point in my life, I didn't know what it could be. And then I found my passion. Like, so, so what happened was I, I was flipping through some magazine, business magazines uh, one day uh, during lunch hour. And I saw, I go, went through these uh, stories of uh, these tycoons who came from nothing and built their empires. And that was the inspiration that sort of figured something in my mind that, okay, you know, if these people can figure out, then I should be able to figure it out. And uh, then I started searching, okay, you know, what could it be? And uh, then I found my passion for computers and programming. And I just fell in love with that. And I said, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And through those, uh, through my skill in programming, and I, I found out I was pretty good at it. So uh, I got a job, um, came over to North America, and I started working with a lot of startups then got an opportunity to work with Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft and Pearson Education. And um, yeah, I mean, just built some really amazing big global uh, software systems, which um, almost uh, impacted almost about 10 million lives uh, in various industries, healthcare, education, real estate, and it produced uh, over $500 million in value. And um, I, I, you know, got heavily into technologies like artificial intelligence, blockchain. Um, I have today, I have four patents in artificial intelligence, and uh, I was recently recognized as a global thought leader in AI. So that was a journey from that factory to, uh, to where I am today. You know, it feels good to deliver value to people. Um, mm. I remember... You know, I, I, I was bartending for a long time. I've got like 10 years in bartending. So, you know, you're, you're creating value, you're entertaining people, you're giving them a good time. I worked in, um, you know, like touristy areas. I worked on pier 39. I worked in Maui for a few years. So you're giving people a good time and it feels good. But I remember I was working up in North Dakota and I mean, 
like obviously not India, but if you're going to go like as close to the third world as you can get mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, North mm-hmm. America is probably going to mm-hmm. be North Dakota. Like it's oh. the first thing they had to build out there when they found oil was new jails. And then oh, <laughs> they wow. didn't know how many people lived there. Like it was just mm-hmm. a nightmare, nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I remember at one point it was probably, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And you know, we're in like January or December. So it's dark, pitch dark and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. negative 20, negative 30. So we're all cold. And I remember being up on top of this pole, just being miserable. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at my buddy and I go, you having fun yet? And he's just like, this sucks. And I'm like, no, it doesn't, man. This is fucking awesome. Like mm-hmm. we're up here on the top of the world doing something that only a few people on this planet are capable of doing. And we're mm-hmm. given power to these oil companies who are producing I, I think at the time it was like 40% of the gas mm, in the United wow. States. So it's like, we oh, are man. actually doing something of value right now. We're not just up here turning wrenches and making a couple bucks, yeah. you know, getting yeah. by, like we are actually making a difference. So I, I love that you were able to make a difference and, yes, yes. and, and it must've been, it must've been a hard climb. So I've got a lot of experience with Microsoft and Pearson. Oh my goodness. It's amateur hour over here. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I just finished a um, a degree mm-hmm. in business at uh, a local college, and okay. I was so surprised at the size of the footprint that Microsoft has in oh, in education. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I had to at one point. I I have all Apple equipment because I like the touch screens, and I've just been an Apple mm-hmm. guy. So. At one point, I actually had to borrow a computer from our library to pass a class where the thing that really cracked me up about it was, you know, when I was younger and when you were younger, it was Microsoft. It's this monopoly. It's this huge, massive monopoly. And then all that quieted down and I get into education. It's like, what? What the heck happened here? So is is artificial intelligence? Is it going to help these companies get bigger and just raise their footprint or are we going to see like smaller upstart companies that are willing to take more risk and try different things? Are they going to uh, displace these monsters or are these monsters just going to keep getting bigger? I think both of these statements will be true um, because the thing is that once these companies have become so big, it is kind of difficult to <laughs> remove them from that uh, pedestal. Uh, But that being said, um, they became big very much partially because they know how to leverage artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence has been around since the 70s. Mm -hmm. And people who know how to use it, they have benefited from it tremendously. So the richest people in the world today, they can attribute most of their wealth to artificial intelligence because they have been using it for the last 20, 25 years. So Jeff Bezos, Amazon is all AI. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Facebook is all AI. Uh, you know, Elon Musk, uh, Tesla is an AI company. Yeah. Uh, all of this. Now, the thing that happened is uh, with, 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 the, with platforms like ChatGPT, uh, AI has become democratized, meaning everybody can now use it and see how this power can really help them transform their life or help them start a business or help them grow a business. 
So definitely, I think there will be new types of Microsoft that will be created. And um, even if, you know, if we say, okay, there's not going to be like a big Microsoft created, but more companies will be created, more startups will be created. And the reason is because now the barrier of entry to, to build a company is lowered because otherwise, you know, if you, if you want to build an, um, a big growing company, you have to hire a lot of people, you have to have a lot of equipment, all of that stuff. And that's the barrier of entry because a lot of people don't have that capital. But with AI, you basically can run a one-man company and grow it to, you know, fairly significant size. So I think both these statements that you said will be true. So now is probably, I don't know, in my life, probably the worst time for anybody to start a business. I have a buddy who just tried to start a business in a new area, uh, running equipment. And he mm -hmm. had people tell him, hey, look, man, interest rates, this is not a good time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it didn't do well is mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that chat GPT kind of blew up in a time where interest rates are raising the economy slowing down. And then we just get this behemoth unleashed on everybody. Once interest rates start lowering again and people start taking risk and starting startups, is this thing really going to take fire? Uh, it's already taken fire, you know? Um, um, so chat GPT, um, basically blew everything out of the water. It got its first million users in the first five days. Yeah, it's incredible. And the next uh, fastest growing app, I think was Instagram, which took about eight months to get to a million users. And right now, so ChatGPT has been around for about six, seven months. It has already crossed 1 billion users. So that is more than 10%, what, 15% almost 15% of the world population. It's incredible. So, so this is uh, already like spreading like, like wildfire, right? So um, that is the reason why it is in the news, why everybody's talking about it, because, because it is a game-changing thing. And, and the surprising thing is we are just getting started with this. Yeah. So I've got a, um, I rent rooms out here at my house. One of my tenants is a apprentice electrician. And he hadn't heard of ChatGPT. We were talking about it the other day. And he just goes, yeah, you know, whatever. But this, what am I going to use this freaking thing for? And I go, hold on a second, buddy. Let's look mm -hmm. at this. So he had just yeah. done a job in my backyard where uh, I got a hot tub. So he needed to mm -hmm. set up a breaker box and it needed to be code. So it has to be a certain, you know, distance from the hot tub. It has to be an eyesight. And I go, mm -hmm. let's pull up ChatGPT and ask yeah, yeah. it what code is on this. Yeah, and where yeah, to yeah. find it. And it pulled yeah. up in a couple seconds. He's just like, yeah. holy crap. So yeah, I've yeah. got something that can search my code book for me and give yes. me the right answer. He's like, holy shit. If I'd have had this throughout my apprenticeship, I'd have looked like a whole lot better apprentice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. See, um, that that's the whole point. Like, you know, our human mind is not capable of, um, uh, of, consuming as much information, remembering it, uh, you know, cross-checking it, making sense of it. And that's the power that AI has unleashed now because we don't have to like remember things. We don't have to, you know, organize all of those thoughts in our mind. So now you can imagine our minds can be free to do more, more uh, productive work, more creative work. So this is something I've noticed with myself. Um, when I, 
was 18 years old. I left home. I moved 800 miles away to race motorcycles. And back then, if you wanted to use MapQuest, you had to print it out and take it with you and, and follow it. So when I moved to the new city that I was living in, I lived on one side and I worked on the other. And mm-hmm. I took a different route to and from work every day. I gave myself a half an hour. Like, if I get lost, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now I live in Idaho and I've lived here for eight years and I got lost on my way home from Walmart today. I took a different route and mm-hmm. I ended up having to turn my map quest on. So these things do cause us to like, I don't, would you say causes us to lose things or just free, like you said, free up space for better things? Um, see, um, any technology, any technology is a personal choice. So if I if I use the technology wrong, I can I can I mean let's take car for example, right? Like I can use it in a wrong way. I can run over people and kill people, or I can drive it for fun and race cars, or I can take it to a grocery store and then get my groceries. Um, so these technologies are actually going to impact everybody differently as they consume it, as they uh, you know make use of it. But by and large it is going to help us move faster. That is one common theme. As you just said, like when you were installing that hot tub, probably it could have taken you, taken, um, you know, uh, the, the electrician maybe half an hour, an hour to figure things out, but he can now get that information in five seconds and move on to the next step, right? So all that time is saved, which is, which is not very productive use of time anyways, like remembering, mm-hmm. okay, you know, what code uh, goes where. So, so that, that is one common theme. It will make things faster, um, but how it affects uh, the actual uh, person, it will depend. I mean, if people start to rely on it, become, become addicted to it or whatever, it will eventually affect their ability to think uh, creatively themselves. But if they just, just use it as, as a supplemental tool to enhance their uh, ability that they already have, then it will obviously be beneficial. In fact, the AI, when you interact with it, it actually enhances your ability to think. If you if you treat it as a tool and, you know, have a conversation with it, just like, uh, again, in this example, uh, uh, you know, finding some, some information. Uh, the, the other thing is, it is such a vast uh, body of knowledge. Many times it'll give you a different perspective. Let's say if you ask a question, and you may also already know the answer, um, but it may give you a very different perspective and that expands your mind and you're like, oh, I never thought about this this way, right? And now you you have learned something new. And as we all know, when the mind expands, it never go, it shrinks back. You know, I, um, I've been a big science fiction fan my whole life and I've always been into technology. What's the new technology coming out? We've got particle accelerators, we've got quantum computers, massive lasers doing fusion experiments, uh, space travel, all these things have been massively interesting to me. But in reality, like, sure, they're going to help people, um, but they're kind of designed for the upper class. You know, Mm -hmm. if, if we discover something on Europa that helps the manufacturing process, great, like, 30 years from now, we might have a better manufacturing process for something like that. But with this, with AI, it seems like something that can really help working class people. And I think that's going to be a huge thing. So like, 
how are working class people, maybe even not like college graduates, how are they going to help this uh, use AI to help them start, you know, their plumbing business or, you know, like my buddy, how in the future, how will he use AI to know if it's the right time to start a business? Maybe, you know, he doesn't know anything about economics and it's boring to him. Are these things going to be able to like forecast for people saying, okay, this is what you want to do. This is a good timeline type of thing. See, I don't think intelligence is about forecasting. Intelligence okay. is about gathering information and making smart decisions. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when you start a business in any economy, uh, it's not like uh, people stop wanting things or needing things. They just want it uh, different. They just want different things, maybe different prices. Let's say, you know, we are talking about... Um, you know, uh, rental business, right? Uh, equipment rental. Mm -hmm. It's not like equipment is not needed anymore. Yeah. Even if the interest rates are high or a recession is coming or whatever it is. It's just that people uh, may find competitive pricing. They may be interested in, uh, you know, um, if in, in good economy, they are renting like three pieces. Now they are renting two pieces. That information AI can give. The other thing is in, in order to run any business, we need to uh, also have other uh, skill sets like marketing and sales yes. and operations and things like that. Now, if I were to if I were to accumulate that knowledge today, let's say I want to start a business and I don't know anything about marketing, I'll probably have to go to college or you know go through tons and tons of material, learn yeah. something, and you know hit and trial, get better at it. That's the that's the process that takes longer. That's why businesses fail. But if I can go to AI and say, okay, you know, and describe my situation in detail, and I say, okay, you know, this is my uh, I'm I'm living in Idaho. I'm I'm starting this business. This is what my idea is. This this is my target audience is. Give me a plan on what I can do to make this business successful. Give me the steps I can take right now today to make it successful, and explain it to me as if I'm a newbie, explain it to me as if I'm 10 year old uh, kid. It will give you all that information in a few seconds. And now it's up to you to take, that, take those steps and then use the information given to you by AI, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost like I tell people this, this example. So let's say if you have a business and business, as we know, the success of the business depends on the people. People, I mean, yeah. business is all about people. So let's say if, if a business is able to hire a person, very smart person who has a, you know, Harvard degree in law, Harvard degree in business, Harvard degree in accounting, in medicine, in engineering, all at once. And it never takes time off and it is available to you 24 seven. What will that do for you? For your business right yeah and that's what that's what chat gpt is right like yeah. that's what ai is yeah yeah i mean i could have used it as a bartender i mean i ha i don't know how many times i've had to look up drinks i mean yeah, you, yeah. you think the bartenders know every drink in the world we don't yeah, like yeah. we know yeah, a couple yeah. like we know the popular stuff yeah. around but uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of looking through books and people yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. they'll they'll tell you a drink and I'll go uh, I don't know what color is it and yeah, go, it's purple yeah, yeah. I go okay I can do yeah. it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but um you know in the restaurant industry uh, I don't I don't know the numbers off the top of my head but the majority of restaurants fail within the first mm -hmm, year mm -hmm, do you expect yeah. that number will improve 
in the future? See, um, so so let's break down that uh, industry, right? So restaurant is an experience industry. We are giving, restaurant is giving an experience and taking money from for that experience. AI is, is probably not going to add to that experience, mm-hmm. but what it will do is it will facilitate um, the, the, the uh, how can I, discovery, discovery of that experience by the potential uh, buyers who are interested in that. Because most restaurants fail, why? Because of competition, because nobody knows about them, because, uh, you know, it's not because the food is bad. Yeah. It's not because they, you know, the restaurant kitchen is dirty. Yeah. It's just because they just don't get enough customers. Yeah. Right. Or they just haven't figured out the economics and maybe they are overspending and they're making losses. That's where AI can help them and say, you know, if a restaurant owner says, hey, you know, I'm losing money and this, these are my financial statements and this is where I'm spending money. Like, give me some ideas on how where I can save yeah. money. Yeah, I can help them. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent doing inventory where, you know, the boss just goes, how, how is this liquor selling? And it's like, that seems like an easy question to answer, but it's not. And it's like, you're looking through spreadsheets. It's like, okay, how much of it did I sell last month? How much did we sell in this month? What are we looking at? What is our, uh, what is our projected, uh, gains on this year Mm -hmm. over last year? Because we had all those numbers. So it's like, Mm -hmm. tell me how much of this booze I should order next month. It's a hard mm-hmm. question to answer, but I, I mean, okay. if you had an assistant that could look through all of your books in an instant and just go, oh, you know, there's a, there's a big baseball game down the street next week. You've got this going on. You got that going on. I think you need an extra case this month. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That, that, that is absolutely within, within the possibility like that restaurant owners can use it, uh, use AI uh, for this purpose today, like right now. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. You brought up intelligence a while back. Um, like as a sci-fi guy, I kind of get a little touchy when people call certain things artificial intelligence and certain things are not. So like when I got this hand, this hand uses machine learning. And I, I learned, mm-hmm. I asked, is this artificial intelligence? They go, no, 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 no. It's machine learning. I go, what mm-hmm. the hell is the difference? And, you know, they kind of give you a little run around and everything. So with ChatGPT, it can do some incredible things. Like I've had it write essays for me. I've asked it a lot of questions. I've gotten some great ideas for material for things that I'm writing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind it's a large language model. So you can't really teach it anything. Um, I can't teach it a simple math game that I can teach my 10 year old nephew. Um, and you know, sometimes when this thing doesn't know the answer, it's just filling it in. So, A, is this thing intelligent? And B, if it is, why would it just fill things in? Isn't that kind of like sociopathic behavior? Okay, so let's break it down. So, first of all, intelligence is basically recognizing patterns. Like, even human intelligence is just recognizing patterns, right? So, from that uh, perspective, I will say it is intelligent. Okay. Right? Um, Because it has learned all these patterns and it's repeating it. Um, And... uh, now, the, the thing about uh, filling it in, once again, you, we have to look at this technology as, a, as an extension of human intelligence. Mm-hmm. Because as humans, we fill in stuff that we don't know about all, all the time, the time yeah. right? 
um, maybe in this conversation, you know, we, we fill in some gaps, uh, sure. as you were saying, like, you know, when we take inventory, like, we don't know exactly what it is. We just say, oh, okay, no, I think estimated, you know, this is, this is what it is, right? So if we, if we look at that phenomena, that is what we are feeding. Our thought patterns, our um, consciousness is what we are feeding into AI, and it is learning that. Because we have gaps in our knowledge, it also has gaps in our knowledge. So, uh, so it, it fills in those gaps. Now, the, algor the, the makers of these algorithms, they could actually fill those gaps, and th that is the process that we are going through. It is improving day by day. But until that happens, those gaps will remain. And I, I believe that I don't think we will ever see a day when all the gaps have been filled because sure. because uh, artificial intelligence, I don't believe can be, uh, you know, can, can fill the gaps on its own without the human experiencing it first and then inputting that data into, into AI, right? Yeah. So uh, do you see a day in the near future, I mean, you know, in our lifetimes, where these things are going to be able to kind of operate on their own. So the book mm -hmm. I'm reading right now features a a super intelligent AI, far beyond anything that we've that we have. Not even an, mm -hmm. a general intelligence. This thing can mm -hmm. make wormholes and screw with mm -hmm. time and all kinds of funny stuff. But it's also absent-minded. It doesn't have a lot of common sense. It can't strategize very well. And it needs, he, this AI needs his buddy, the guy who found him, he needs him to kind of prompt him and kind of mm. get his brain going. And, oh, I didn't think about that. And he's always very angry when he, mm. when he misses something. But are, are these things going to need people for a while to kind of work with them? I, I, I see, again, I believe it will always need a human. I, this is a technology. This is not something that is alive. This is not life. Um, even if we consider life, like, you know, humans are the only species we know that, that, uh, that pursue um, progress, that pursue creation of new things, that pursue inventing new things. There is no other life form that does that. They're, they're the happy existing however, however life, uh, you know, universe made them. And, um, and so I believe that if we consider AI to be another species, it is just going to exist. I mean, there is no, there is no food requirement for it. It, it doesn't need to sustain itself. There, there is no desire to live forever, right? That, these are all human yeah. traits, right? These are all human fears that th these emotions come from, like generations of um, learning these patterns and all that. So this is always going to be the case where uh, a human will be needed to um, to ask the ai to execute his will otherwise if there is no human there is no point of artificial intelligence i believe it will be just there i mean it will just stay in limbo and not do anything i mean what's there to do so then when you hear people talking about like i've heard a lot this week we need an ai bill of rights we need to make sure these things have their own rights and, and like agreed, like to an extent, to an extent, like I don't want a digital slave. Obviously I don't want anybody to be a slave. 
Uh, but you know, even a digital thing, even if it doesn't think or, or, or feel the same as we do, you know, we don't want things being slaves. Is this premature talk or like you saying, is this something that like, they're never really going to need rights because they're kind of just existing and don't care about it. See, um, uh, when something like this happens in the world, when the world is, uh, you know, going through a transformation, there is a lot of people that say a lot of things without really understanding, especially, especially people who make the legislation and policies. Yeah. They have no, no they have clue. no clue. I mean, morons. You know, They're morons. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an anarchist. You're the, not hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we have seen those uh, hearings in the Senate, like, you know, they ask funny questions and th that tells us the amount of uh, knowledge they have about technology. So, uh, there is, there, it doesn't make sense to give this digital tool any, any rights. I think what they are talking about is giving rights to citizens, giving rights to uh, communities so that an, a malicious person doesn't get to use AI to cause harm. I think that I makes more sense than giving rights to a technology because sure. that'll be like saying, oh, we should give some rights to the hammer because you know uh, it's it's a tool that can yeah that helps us build houses and and it has rights. I mean that's absurd. I, I completely agree with you. Like I, I and I think like hypothetically, if you did have something that was going to demand rights, you would turn it off immediately. That would just be <laughs> the the only sane thing to do. But I don't think that everybody is going to accept your line of thinking on this. So like I, um, I watched an interview with the guy who created doom on Lex Friedman a couple months ago, and he's not the only guy I've heard talk like this. They talk about these things like they're children. We, we teach them things and then we let them play with each other. And, you know, we want them to learn the way that we learn and socialize and blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of people are going to have a really hard time with like, say Microsoft having an AI chatbot or whatever. Like even, I mean, there's a lot of ignorant people in the world. They say a lot of ignorant things, but I, I could see this becoming a big problem. Mm. Well, I mean, again, um, you know, I, I don't deny the fact there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of gray area as we go through this transition. It has happened before multiple times whenever new, especially whenever new groundbreaking technologies have been invented, you know, starting from like, like even going as far back as like, you know, discovery of the, um, of the telescope or discovery invention of the uh, printing press, you know, when, when, Galileo invented the telescope. He was like, I, I think he was ex executed for saying, yeah. you know, the yeah. earth goes around the sun. So, yeah. so, uh, uh, you know, like that kind of period happens until the dust settles down and you say, okay, you know, now we understand what the hell this sure. technology is and, and now we can figure it out and agree to it. But until then, you know, it's, it's always going to be like, okay, people who don't know anything, they'll make up their own mind. People who are, um, in the know, they will make up their own mind, and then the the you know the the discussion goes on until we reach an agreement. So, when you hear people like Elon Musk and I think Peter Thiel and a couple others, you know, I, I maybe even uh, Wozniak, 
Mm -hmm. uh, all signed this letter saying, we need a pause. We need to give mm -hmm. the politicians who are, you mm -hmm. know, so brilliant and, and caring, mm -hmm. we need to give them a chance to regulate this thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think when you hear them, them talking well, about it's, this? Uh, it's like, again, it's, uh, it's so funny. First of all, uh, I'll, I'll say a few things, right? People don't realize even the news is controlled by AI. Yeah. Okay. So AI is highly, highly optimized today to create sensationalism because there is one objective it is optimized for to get more clicks that's it and people click on things when the when the headline is like oh my god like yeah you know what is this all about yeah. right so it causes sensationalism secondly even if people have signed this uh, this uh, letter we have to look underneath the covers as i told uh, as i said earlier elon musk's companies are all ai companies he, for one, has invested the most amount of money in building even more powerful AI systems. So who is to say this is not to deter some competition, slow, yeah. slow them down? Uh, or, you know, again, I'm not saying that he's doing it on purpose. He obviously has, <laughs> much, so, <laughs> he has much more uh, sort of access to latest technology. There are dangers with this technology, no, no doubt about it. Um, but we also have to... Uh, read everything with a grain of salt and look at the facts that, hey, uh, uh, you know, Tesla's self-driving uh, uh, AI literally killed people and, um, you know, it's still being developed. So, yeah. so, so to say that, oh, you know, pause this technology, like what is going to happen in six months? I don't understand. You know, so, so uh, people need to look at the facts and determine, okay, could there be a different reason why they are saying that? And even if they are saying it, is the hype around this news really worth it? Yeah. Like you said, uh, I, don't, I don't think, as far as I know, that uh, ChatGPT has killed anybody yet. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see, I see stories yeah. about Elon all yeah. the time. Um, yeah. Speaking of cars, we had the Indy 500 this week. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I read an interesting article. Uh, let me read you a little a little excerpt from it. Mm -hmm. The Speedway was built in the early 1900s, and this system makes it much more modern stadium. Uh, mm -hmm. So essentially, these guys, 300,000 people go to Indy every year, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was that many people showed up. And they mm -hmm. were able to use AI to uh, count people and figure out where people should go for the uh, quickest entry and easiest entry into the races. Uh, mm -hmm. Like me as a motocross racer, I've already seen this stuff creeping into motocross. When I was a kid, uh, we rode two-stroke bikes. Like you guys had two-stroke bikes over in India. Mm -hmm. Ours weren't much different. Like they were a carburetor mm -hmm. and, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, good to go. Now, man, you got to have a computer. You gotta, mm -hmm. They've got a computer guy in the trailer yeah, now. Yeah. You know, they've got the whole computer guy. Is this going to creep into to more sporting? Uh, I know I, I've talked to somebody Absolutely. recently that said it was really big in gambling right now. How else are we yeah. going to use it in like sporting events? See, there, there is no, I don't believe there's going to be any, um, any sphere of life where this uh, is not going to disrupt it. Like it's almost very much similar to the internet. Like there is nothing on this planet Earth that is not touched by the internet anymore, right? So it's the same thing, but 100 times more because now internet is just a conduit to connect uh, things. It's a communication channel, but AI is to is about thinking, about doing things. So 
it is going to affect all kinds of games. It it will you know uh, making calls on the fouls, whether it was a foul or not. You know, real time feedback to the uh, to the player about you know how they can enhance their performance or um, maybe even like real time monitoring their uh, their biomechanics, their uh, you know their physiological indicators, yeah. uh, all of these things. And many of these things are already in place right yep, now. They are they in are motocross. just getting better and better and better. Yeah, they all wear heart monitors. They've got their watches on, and they they are looking at data. I mean, these people are data driven, which is a crazy shift for someone like me. Who, I mean, I was a back of the truck racer. I, I load my my '88 pickup up with my two stroke dirt bike, and I head out to the track with a gas can. That was it. You know, now you've got to have your computer with you. You got to have your guy with you. It's a it's a whole it's a whole different ball game right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely. making things interesting. That's for sure. Um, all right, where did I where did I have on here next? Um, rights, communication with humans. So let's talk like high level physics, laws of physics. Do you think these things are going to be able to take a look at the universe in ways that we haven't been able to, and maybe say, hey? Have you have you checked out this equation or that equation or how far are we away from these things like being real scientists? Um, I believe. See, uh, I believe. Uh, see, universe. Um, the 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 physical world around us is controlled by quantum um, quantum equations, not the sort of the traditional mathematical equations. So. Uh, when the quantum computing uh, becomes mainstream and then we add the layer of artificial intelligence on top of it, mm-hmm. I believe then, then yes, we will start to see uh, real breakthroughs uh, like Einstein or other famous scientists. Before that, I believe, you know, um, you have to realize like language models like ChatGPT they are trained on the historical data, mm-hmm. okay? So they are not able to look into the future. They are looking into the past and saying, okay, now I can find the connection between this and this. So if, if let's say there is, a, there is an equation or a problem that can be solved with existing knowledge, but nobody just saw how these things connect, maybe that can be solved today, right? Yeah. So let's say, I, I mean, I don't know, a naive example could be, you know, in... in uh, uh, like uh, the Earth's movement affects some star's movement and it, it that data exists today, but nobody just looked at it. And since then, nobody looked at it, nobody found out that correlation. And so um, AI can probably sift through that data and say, oh, well, by the way, I found a new correlation between these things. And did you check it out? But in order to create new um, stuff, I, I believe... Uh, we'll have to wait for quantum computing to become mainstream where then it will be able to solve some really complex problem because the fundamental laws of the universe are at the quantum level and quantum is, you know, those people who, who sort of want to get into that traditional computing is about zero and one. It's like black and white, zero and one, if and else. Uh, Quantum computing is all the possibilities between true and false. So there are multiple shades of gray in reality and quantum computing can dive into those shades of uh, gray 
And that's where things will get really interesting. And I've heard, and I, I could be conflating reality with science fiction here, that they're having problems uh, programming these quantum computers. Is that, is that true? Well, I mean, it's, is it's, AI going to help? Um, it's, it's like even the hardware is not ready. Like, you know, it's, it's mm. a very primitive hardware. So, um, so we are at the beginning of that uh, technology. And uh, that's what I said. Like when it becomes mainstream, meaning, you know, when computers, traditional computers were invented, they, they used to be like, they used to be like as big as one room. Um, and that's where we are with quantum. So when I say mainstream, most likely in maybe 20 years, 25 years, we'll have a quantum computing, uh, quantum computer in our pocket. That's exciting stuff, man. That's exciting stuff. So, um, when I, when I first lost the hand and I started looking into prosthetics, I was completely let down by the, the reality of the technology that we're dealing with. It, it doesn't even work right now. The thing is, is dead, but essentially it'll do this, this, and that, and that's all this thing can really use it. You know, it, it reads muscle signals and it kind of interprets those signals. And like I said, it uses machine learning and it can kind of figure out the patterns a little bit better over time, but then it'll just all of a sudden stop yeah. working. Uh, my, my theory was that they're not going to be able to do full finger mm. movements until you can go directly into the brain. Mm. And what do you think about that? Is that something that AI could maybe act as a middleman and say, Hey, wait a minute, maybe we don't need to go into your brain. Maybe we can interpret what's going on here and yeah, have yeah, a better answer. Yeah. I think uh, that exists uh, today in experimental technology. Like mm -hmm. I've, uh, you know, I've seen quite a few videos where th that that's possible. Yeah. Uh, if you look at, uh, you know, the robots created by Boston Dyna yeah. uh, Dynamics, uh, they, uh, they are fully functional hand. Like, of course they are, you know, just controlled demos. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, um, I don't believe we are too far off. I don't believe we are too far off. In fact, like, like even talking about, uh, you know, brain, uh, reading the brain signals, there is exist technologies today, which can, without invasive surgery, they can read brain signals and transfer them into a mechanical arm and sort of, yeah help help uh, people who need like you know uh, movement with basic movement so those technologies exist today they may not be mainstream or they may not be affordable yet or whatever that is but we are very close to that reality yeah it's it's that's really exciting stuff to me um you know i i've read into darpa's been doing brain computer interfaces since you know last mm -hmm. 20 years mm -hmm. and uh, i i kind of theorized that you know maybe elon musk was kind of there their guy, like, hey, man, we, we don't want to test this just on the shoulders. Let's let's mm -hmm. get this out into the market, and we'll give you some mm -hmm. of our people and get mm -hmm. this thing running. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. Like, it'll be really cool to see people walk again. You know, um, I know they've been able to do experiments where they they put cages around people, and mm -hmm. then the cage kind of learns what you're doing, and then teaches you how to walk, and the mm -hmm. spinal cord regrows. Another thing that was really big when I got hurt that completely went away after COVID was individualized medicine. Um, they were all big on, we're going to be able to take a, a vial of your blood or a scan or whatever, and we're going to be able to make a medication that is directly made for you. And then we got COVID and then it was, no, everybody needs to take the same thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. do you think we'll get um, any headway on individualized medicine? 
Absolutely. Again, as I said, um, that's already existing today, and um, it's just going to get better and faster and cheaper. Um, obviously, you know, um, uh, like you brought up COVID, for example, when uh, uh, Trump got COVID, they gave him custom medicine, like you know, like mm -hmm. he got he got personalized yeah. medicine that. As the president should probably yeah, any president, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so th those technologies exist today. The only thing is um, whether they are affordable enough for everyone, and yeah. that's the question. And we are, you know, probably maybe five to ten years away from that. Man, it's exciting stuff because, you know, as somebody who lives in pain every day, like phantom limb pain is just a wild and crazy thing that nobody really has a true grasp on. It it sure would be nice to, you know, you, you turn on the news at night and every, every commercial is a pharmaceutical drug. And obviously like there's a lot of capture going on and big pharma and all that crap, but it also says something about our population we're in a, we're a population of sick people who are in a lot of pain <laughs> and like anything that they can do to help people i'm always all for so i i i hope they can you know make some that's make some that's headway. the future that's where we are going i mean you'll um uh, i have no doubt that's uh, that is the key uh, benefit of artificial intelligence a lot of things will be highly personalized yeah. in every field that's so cool all right, so how do I phrase this one? I've read a lot of books on climate change. I, I've, as an energy guy, like I, I've looked at their solutions and said no, no, no across the board. I think they're wrong on all of them. So I've read a lot of books about this. I'm not the guy who's going to say whether they're right or wrong. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not that guy. Let's, for the sake of argument, say that climate change is going to be as bad as the worst predictions that you hear on CNN, NBC, whoever. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the people who are behind this climate change, it's, it comes down to a lot of it is going to be save the planet or starve the poor. And I think they'd rather mm -hmm. starve the poor. So mm -hmm. are, are, are we going to be able to save the planet without starving the poor? Well, so, uh, it, it, that's a difficult question for me to answer. But what, what I can say is that, you know, humanity has this funny way of finding solutions at the 11th hour. Like we are lazy people. Yeah. And we don't want to lift a finger until it becomes like, you know, until the water reaches our neck, yeah. you know? And the, the, the fact again is society is built as a pyramid where, you know, the, the decision makers at the top, those are the people with the biggest stake, with the biggest power, with the biggest money. They are the ones who make the decision, right? So um, every phenomena that we have seen witness in history, that's how it is. Like the people at the bottom, they pay the biggest price. They, 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 pay, the, yeah. they pay the biggest Always. price for the solutions. Like, uh, you know, even, even in, during the pandemic, like there are yeah. some countries, poor countries, they haven't even received the vaccine even today, you know? So um, so the idea that um, this will be resolved by, you know, saving everyone, like it'll be an ideal solution, I don't believe so. 
Um, uh, but at the same time, I do hope that technologies like AI, like you know, having access to you know more um, more information, having access to more creative ideas, will help um, the the people who are of less means to be able to save themselves yeah. uh, in a more practical manner. Uh, the the reason why this happens because see humans are very intelligent species in the sense that when it comes to saving ourselves we are very creative as long as we, we have the we have the access to the resources you know we are uh, very enterprising in that way like we can put things together and save ourselves mm -hmm. but the problem is that if there are no resources available then we sort of we are helpless and now with technology those resources are becoming available to people right yeah. and and that is the difference now in this new uh, new age i mean you you can see the evidence like um in the past whenever there there was like a a, a natural calamity or or war the amount of people who suffered were was significantly higher significantly higher and the proportion in terms of you know percentage of population that suffered uh, who were um, who belonged to the lower income bracket was significantly higher and you can see the progress if you chart it on the graph it has been improving the situation has been improving that is not to say it is perfect that nobody pays the price yeah. but uh, relatively speaking we have come a long way so that's all because of the, uh, thanks to technology and not just artificial intelligence, but every other piece of technology. I mean, starting from the caveman days, you know, technology is this only common denominator that has brought yeah. us to this yeah. level of civilization, right? Yeah. I, I, like you said, with, um, you know, the, the lowest people getting hurt the most, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've been at, at war with drugs in this country, my entire life, essentially. And I, I don't know if anybody's looked around, but I don't think we're winning. And yeah. the people who really get hurt by it are low-income people uh, and people like me who are in pain and need pain medications. And, you know, I don't know when the last time you, you broke an arm or something like that is, but doctors do not like to give this stuff out anymore. And they treat yeah. you like a criminal if you ask for it. So yeah. I, I, I really relate to that, man. That's for sure. You mentioned um, blockchain earlier. How are we? That's one of my favorite subjects. The old blockchain. How are we, how's the blockchain going to help us in the future? See, blockchain is a, a technology that um, that uh, is going to facilitate trust between human beings, because um, as human beings, we are not able to trust each other. And so, um, I don't believe in cryptocurrencies and things like that, but. What blockchain uh, does as a technology, it enables us to trust each other without uh, meeting face to face or without, like you know, uh, a gun. Uh, <laughs> relying on uh, on a third party like bank, like a bank or something. And then you know, we we can just say, okay, we like to we would like to transact, and uh, even though we don't know each other, uh, we can use blockchain to make sure that we will, uh, you know, we will not cheat each other and uh, we will make the transaction whole and that's a that's a big uh, shift in 
human interaction. Yeah, I've been saying for years that real estate agents are are the scum of the earth and they need to go. And I think that like, you know, you get a, you get AI, you've got blockchain technology, and I think we could eliminate a lot of these middlemen who make a lot of money for doing very little. When I bought my house, my ex-wife spent probably, I don't know, 20 hours on the computer saving listings and looking at this. And we sent all the listings over to the real estate agent. And then we met her at the house and then paid her, I don't know what it was, four or 5% for for the sale. And I just thought like, man, what a racket. And this was a first time real estate agent, a friend of the families. And it's just like, man, I got a good deal. And this is Mm -hmm. a racket. I would love it if I, if chat GPT could sell my home for me 20 years from now. (laughs) See, um, I mean, I won't single out real estate agents. The whole world economy is built on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, let's um, let's say you know you're you're looking to buy a computer, right? The computer itself costs probably hundred dollars where it is made in China, and the person making it is getting paid like bare minimum, and then um, it goes to a distributor. And then that distributor ships it to a retailer, and that retailer, you know, um, uh, probably has a showroom somewhere, and they pay rent and all that. So all of that cost is for nothing, yeah. but the consumer pays for all that, right? It's similar to all other industries. This is how the world has been set up, um, because the only thing that is stopping us from eliminating is because we don't know where the heck to go to buy it at the factory price in China. Yeah. If I knew, then I would directly buy it from there. Yeah, me too. So those barriers will continue to start coming down and and the things will start to become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Um, and so the roles of these these uh, these roles will start to shift. It's the it will not be that you know, real estate agent will not exist anymore, but their role may shift. Their role may be for to advise people, to listen to them or tell them, okay, you know, this is what you need to do uh, about real estate. Their commissions may be altered, uh, you know, um, because a lot of the things will be offloaded to technology. Uh, So I cannot predict how the world is going to be, but I can definitely say that the... um, that the prices of the things that we consume will definitely start to come down. Yeah, I mean, that's how economics should work. Prices fall to the marginal cost of production, but we don't tend to see that a lot in our economies. You know, I uh, my first dirt bike that I bought was $5,000. I think I paid for it, and maybe even less than that. Now, if I wanted to go buy an equivalent bike, it's like twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000, which is yeah. crazy. I would love to see you know, the price of a dirt bike go down. That's been the biggest problem for our sport is barrier of entry for the price of the bike. Mm-hmm. We could get the price of the bike down. We could get some actual people into the sport. Like I, uh, I, I love seeing technology help people when, when it, when it's needed to, that kind of, I kind of stepped on that one, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I like seeing it make an actual difference in working people's lives instead of just like, Hey, uh, MIT, we're going to build another big, crazy machine this year. It's like, yeah, great. Like, I hope you find something cool, but can you make something that will make my life easier? 
So that's what I'm I'm most excited about. Well, this. I mean, see, um, see, the thing is that when MIT makes things, it does eventually yeah. um, trickle eventually down. Eventually trickle down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's just uh, it takes a long time. And, you know, a lot of times, I, I mean, Germany was running out of power last winter and the la yeah, large yeah. Hadron Collider fired up. And it's like, man, yeah. you guys just you don't care about us at all. Just turn the damn machine off for the weekend. And, and I like the machine. I want the machine to run. But uh, it, it's great to see this making a difference in working people's lives. What are you working on coming up here? You got anything fun working? Well, um, you know, we we work with uh, companies who want to deploy AI into their business. So it could be um, anything from improving their operations to improving their finance, to improving their sales. So uh, it's an exciting time for my company because, you know, I've been in uh, AI for about 15 years and uh, we haven't seen this much excitement about AI. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we are working on AI, having fun doing it. Man, it's someone for that's been working on it for so long, you must have just been sitting in the background like, come on, any day, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, the yeah. the world's going to know soon, soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And it, it's, um, I, I nobody even in my profession realized how quickly it happened. Like, we, uh, most people are surprised, like, how quickly it happened. Did you know that ChatGPT was going to be released and were you expecting it to catch fire the way it did? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've i been using OpenAI for, for the past three years, so I, I was aware of the technology already. I didn't, um, and I was, uh, I, I knew a little bit about ChatGPT and, and all that, and um, I did not expect it to catch fire so quickly, nobody, and even the inventors of ChatGPT didn't didn't expect it. Yeah. All right, man. It's been a yeah. pleasure having you. We'll, we'll uh, have you on again someday. Thanks again. It's been great. Absolutely.